welcome to the Delicot with me, James Delicot. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I am so... I'm, do you know what? As the Americans say, I am super excited to get Andrew Bridgen on the pod. Um, because, uh, not least because, A, Andrew is topical at the moment, really topical, and that's very unlike me. B, he's about to fly off off to america so i'm really glad i've grabbed him before he goes because i think this is going to be really important this chat we're, get, we're going to have um andrew i've got lots of questions to ask you i'm gonna i'm gonna grill you i mean not you know lightly you know a bit like um who was the who was the saint that got grilled and that then he, he said right i'm i'm toasted on that side so turn me over that it's going to be a bit like that you know friendly grilling um just tell us who you are and why and, and why we're talking to you and my name's Andrew Bridgen. I'm the Conservative Member of Parliament for North West Leicestershire. I've been the elected MP since May 2010. Um, I'm considered to be on the right wing of the Conservative Party. I'm an ERG member. Um, led Brexit for the East Midlands. I've increased my majority in my seat at every election since 2010. And when I took it from Labour, and now I've got a majority of on paper of 20,400. My, my seat's got the highest economic growth in the UK from what was probably the poorest seat in Leicestershire. It's the only seat in Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland with above average UK salaries now. It's one of the happiest places to live in the country. Uh, it's got the longest council tax freeze in history uh, of uh, 15 years. Since we took over the council from Labour, we've never put council tax up at the district council. And uh, it's a centre of population of the UK. We're Middle England, furthest from the CNA direction. Um, and and all, all that stuff would have been, when I was like three years ago, four years ago, I used to come round and have a, have a smoke with you in the House of Commons. And you, and you were definitely one of the MPs that I found most simpatico because you're a straight talker. You like smoking cigarettes, which is which is always a good thing, and always a good place to get gossip from. Good point. Good point. And I liked I liked your your attitudes towards you know you, you were anti people sponging off the state. You believed in you ha you have a work ethic. You you believe in prosperity and I mean, all the conservative things. But of course, since we became friends, I've completely changed. I mean, I've I've we'll we'll talk more about this in a moment. I've come to the view that the parliamentary democracy is a, bu a busted flush that that, that that our elected parliamentarians are absolutely bloody useless um that 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 our government is is not really the government we imagine it to be it's they're just puppets of a of a globalist elite and so on and so on but we'll come to that in a moment um i i've been tell me the bad news james tell me the bad news <laughs> i've been speaking to you on and off about this stuff in the last two years but mostly off because i'd kind of given up on you um and then you surprised me by suddenly coming out of the woodwork is that the right phrase you've made a cracking speech which i i think people people on my side of the argument should not dismiss as simply andrew bridgen covers his ass i think there's more to it than that but you can tell me about this but you made a speech very recently in parliament lasting 20 minutes with interventions yeah it was about a 17 minute speech i think there were there were about four or five interventions 
tell us tell us what the speech is about. And by the way, can you tell us where people can get to see this speech? Because it seems to be quite heavily censored. I mean, if you do a search for it, you'll get loads of stuff saying Andrew Bridgen gets jeered. Andrew Bridgen does it, you know, makes a fool of himself. But no one wants. It seems that that the uh, that the internet doesn't want people to know how to find your speech. I think it's shadow banned. Um, you can get it if you go on to Dr. John Campbell, and if you look, it's uh, vaccine uh, potential harms. It's a twenty-minute video there. It's, it, that's had about six hundred or thousand views. That video actually has been. We've we've checked the internet. I've got one of my friends who's very good on this sort of stuff, and uh, up to about twenty-four hours ago, it had been viewed five point two million times. Um, not counting Getter in in the um, um, and it had been viewed five point two million times for at least eighteen minutes of the twenty-minute duration, which is pretty That's outstanding for uh, for social media, I'd say. And, yeah. and for, a, for a backbench and uh, a German debate. And, and imagine how much more it would ha- viewers it would have if you could find it easily. If you, if, if you, just, if you could do a search and... Uh, oh, it's, and it's banned. You can't view it on TikTok. It's banned on TikTok. Uh, it's banned on... Uh, well, I did a podcast for something called Irreverend, and that got banned on, on, uh, on Facebook. Well, the person who posted it got got banned for 30 days on Facebook, which is pretty amazing, really. It is, given that I, I was listening to I mean, to I mean as soon as I'm on with you, I mean, we're going to get banned anyway, aren't we? Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. You, you are totally banned. Um, um, so it's yeah, just, so I, really, James, it's just me and you having a chat, isn't it, really? Well, I'm going to try and make sure that my mother well, my, gets to my, see my, it. My, Maybe your mother. My speech, uh, my speech in the agenda, I've been putting in for that... Well, we, I, I, I took part in a speech about six weeks ago, which was in Westminster Hall, which is as a result of a petition request uh, about the vaccine, uh, people with vaccine harmed and compensation. Uh, that was an interesting debate. Uh, I met um, Dr. Asim Malhotra, who's a world-renowned cardiologist. I, he presented a paper, um, scientific paper, pointing out all the evidence for the harms and the minimal benefit from the vaccine. That was a, several months ago, and he's not had any scientific rebuttal. Um, I thought that we've got a chance of getting an adjournment debate. I was told I couldn't have one. I hadn't won in the shuffle, and I think someone then at the last minute dropped out, and at about three days' notice, suddenly I, I'd got the adjournment debate on Tuesday the 13th of December and I prepared my speech and uh, yeah the rest as they say is history so give us the give us the the, the, the top the, line the, the top line the top line, what did you say? The top line that uh, Dr. Malhotra has produced his paper he claims that you know this is a huge scandal and that there are massive harms and minimal benefits from the mRNA vaccines. They're causing harm on a, on a, it's going to be the biggest issue that's going to hit healthcare in our lifetimes. It's a challenge to democracy uh, and that no one's, no one's come out and actually rebutted any of his claims. Uh, and, and how have we got into this situation by willful blindness? And we've seen examples of, where individuals or 
institutions have decided to turn a blind eye to what they can see going on for various reasons of having a quiet life, not wanting conflict, um, to protect their own reputations from attack potentially. Um, and you know things like you know how did Jimmy Savile perpetrate all his crimes for decades in the BBC when everyone knew about it, but no one did anything. I mean, you know, and Harvey Weinstein in in Hollywood, or, uh, or or you know various things like like that. Or how did mid staffs happen and, and, and no one in the NHS actually said anything? All the practices that were going on there for so long. Did you mention all stuff in your, is it all or, in your speech? Or indeed the the Anticontin scandal that uh, Anticontin scandal, which was brought out in the uh, in the mini series Dope Stick, where you know a medicine that was harming people was was allowed to be passed out and continued and covered up for. So so we've we've got uh, how, how this could have happened. And then we talked about I talked about how the uh, big farmers' power through you know the, the pressure, the, the financial power they. Through lobbying to influence politicians, their um, funding of educational research and think tanks that they control the scientists, um, you know, through their huge pockets and advertising, they control the media, and we get all those things together. It's not surprising then that uh, we can have the rollout of a vaccine that's not tested properly and is doing harm to people and is for minimal benefit. Uh, being pushed by the media and the government with resulting huge vaccine harms which are not being reported. We've got more yellow card reports and they're, they're grossly underreported, probably by 90%, more yellow card adverse effect reports for the mRNA vaccines in the last couple of years than, than all yellow card reporting for the previous 40 years on all drugs. Uh, the worldwide figures for more reported harms from mRNA vaccines in 18 months than all reported harms from all conventional vaccines for the last 50 years. You know, and we've, we have stopped vaccines before that have been rolled out. Um, you know, the swine flu vaccine in, in 1976 was found to produce uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome in in only one in a hundred thousand adults, and that was withdrawn for that reason. And um, the rotavirus vaccine in '99 was withdrawn because it was calling, causing apparently a bowel obstruction in one in ten thousand children. That was withdrawn. And when we're looking at you know Pfizer, Pfizer's own data, the raw data of their, their testing trials would indicate that there's at least a one in eight hundred uh, severe adverse reaction to the vaccine um, and that's one in 800 because Pfizer only followed the people who were vaccinated for eight weeks after vaccination and some of the symptoms you know the, the heart problems the uh, pulmonary embolism stroke some of those don't don't materialize until after eight weeks so it's considerably more than you know, the one in 800 are, are, uh, are being badly affected and now what's, what really pushed me over the edge was that the MRHA now recommending that these experimental vaccines are suitable for children down to the age of six months. That isn't a child, that's a baby. Um, there is no benefit whatsoever for them having it, and there's a huge risk. Figures from America, from the, uh, American, uh, the Journal of American Medical Associations, um, they did a 
test on, I don't know how, who handed their children over for this, but 7,600 odd under fives and one in 200 were still in hospital three months after vaccination um, because that was the end of their trial. Well, I mean, this is absolutely obscene. Uh, it can't go forward and it's got to be stopped. And we, everyone seems to ignore the scientific data. No one wants to look at it. And you've got to ask yourself why. It's not reported in the mainstream media. Huge interest on, on social media. Um, I've done a few interviews over the last few days for various outlets and they've all told me they've never had such viewer interaction over any issue they've ever covered. But the BBC, ITV, Sky, Channel 4, all the mainstream newspapers, no interest whatsoever. It is, it is extraordinary, although... Funnily enough, even though I've noticed none of the none of the newspapers or TV channels have covered your speech, they've all gone big on Andrew Bridgen suspended for some what admin, you admin problem. Yes, you've been suspended for something to do with Ghana. You you had a freebie to Ghana or something. I had a freebie to Ghana uh, to go and sort out a tax issue for a company with a sales arm in my constituency. And effectively, what I've been suspended for is on eight, six or eight emails over 18 months to ministers making the case for this company uh, that they are legitimate. The trees are all there. I've seen it all. I didn't write on every email that I would had a free trip to Ghana. I declared it in my register of interest at the time. And I told every minister personally, I've been there. I've seen the trees with these people. I've been to Ghana. And it's a genuine company because Inland Revenue were treating them as a scam and saying that there are no trees. I had meetings with the Ghanaian Forestry Commission. I had meetings with our High Commission in Accra. It was a three-day trip uh, and I fully declared it all. Um, and I got a two-day suspension for that. And I got a three-day suspension for after the investigation had been completed by the, the, uh, the Commissioner for Standards. Um, I'd been told in the summer by a very reliable, very senior Labour MP that, uh, that there were rumours going around she'd been touting for a peerage from the Labour Party. And I wrote a private and confidential letter to her after she'd completed her investigation into me and passed all the papers to the committee for consideration. So she'd done with it, asking her, saying, well, you know, there are these rumours flying around. I don't want to offend you, uh, but I mean, there are these rumours are flying. It may well be that they're... I mean, the letter's available. You can see the letter. Uh, it may well be that this it's purely people seeking to damage your good reputation. But given, you know, that you are finishing in a few months' time, which finishes at the end of this month, could you reassure me that there is no truth in these rumours that it's a question only you can answer? Have you been touting for a peerage or an honour? And uh, she didn't answer the question, referred that to the Standards Committee, and they gave me three days as an MP, for asking a senior officer of the House a question of whether she'd been touting for a peerage. Yeah. Andrew, I mean, you don't even need to explain yourself to me. It's so bloody obvious that what is happening to you is what happened. I mean, I would, point out, I would point out that while this has been going on, about three weeks ago, one of my colleagues in the House was found to have taken £150,000 from a Russian, wrote to various agencies on headed notepaper, which he hadn't declared the whatever he had from the Russian, and uh, had written to various agencies saying what a jolly good chap he was on headed notepaper, and he was let off with an uh, apology letter. <laughs> <laughs>
I think, Andrew, I think you're lucky because well, uh, they, they, apparently they wanted to suspend me for two weeks, in which case I would be having a uh, a recall petition. Is that right? Yeah. What you mean that the, the, you get ousted from your seat? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they? Uh, uh, sorry, we're, we're getting a bit inside. I'm not allowed. To, I'm not allowed to say that I think that they've been unfair to me or anything, because otherwise they will give me another suspension for that. No, I think it's. Look, listen. I think the nation. And I think is, I probably is, deserve you, it. You do. I, I, as a taxpayer, I'm mightily pissed off that your trip to your freebie, your lavish freebie to Accra. Um, uh, uh, well, it's interesting. Like- it's interesting because part of my defence was that while I had a meet, when I was in Accra, I went to the High Commission, and obviously I met with the uh, the business attaché, and I said, "Why have I had to come here? This is the this is a British-owned company, the biggest tr- plantation of trees in West Africa, ten thousand acres, employing seven hundred Ghanaians." I said. Why didn't you go up there and check these trees out? And then you could vouch for them to the Inland Revenue. I wouldn't. And the Inland Revenue now accept that they are a legitimate company and they, they shouldn't be referred mm-hmm. to as a, a tax scam. It's all genuine. And the guy said uh, he hadn't got a budget to travel that far up the jungle because it wasn't a pleasant tribe. It's about five hours off road. It's not, it's not, it's not, it was no, it was no picnic. And, um, and it, so that was all, so I, I was pretty upset with that. But then, I went with Mere Plantations to a restaurant round the corner out straight after that meeting, and we'd only been in there five minutes, and this, this business attaché turned up with this huge entourage of people he was entertaining for lunch. So I went to his table and said, yes, have you got a budget for this? And he said he had. So when I got, when I got back, I reported him to the Minister for Africa and the Foreign Office and said, this guy's completely incompetent, and uh, he's a waste of space. And... Um, he was moved four weeks later, which was great for our, you know, because he had it, he was incompetent. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have had to go there. He should have gone and done it. Look, look I totally sympathise with this, but let, let's, let's um, get back to the, to the, the nitty gritty. No, no, we don't which use is, that phrase. That's a horrible yeah, well, No, but you know what? That's a, that's a fallacy. The, the idea that nitty gritty derives from the slave era, it was, I think, one of those invented pieces of crap that was drawn up. But anyway, no. anyway, let's not go there. No, let's let's not go there. Um, lots of people are. You very you very much impressed I, I, on the way here to this, uh, you know, on the way back from my, my, the reason I haven't shaved is because I came straight from my personal trainer because i was getting in a session before christmas because i'm going to go two weeks now without personal trainer so i had to rush here and then then you know get it all sorted um anyway on the way we played your interview with with lawrence fox and with jamie franklin and the wife was 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 really impressed with your performance she said it's really great he doesn't sound he doesn't sound weird. He doesn't like sound like a conspiracy theorist. He doesn't sound like he he lays his facts out. I like the fact he's got a scientific background, which makes him more credible. Doesn't sound hysterical. Blah blah blah. So you've got you've got the the, the regular people. That sounds on board. very dangerous, James. What? Uh, they think that was very dangerous. You see, who? Those who might want to want to label oh. me as a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 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 I have to say. There are people on where I am who are asking the question I'm about to ask you. Oh, where were you these last two or three years? Because it's not like we didn't have a chat. Well, I I I know. Well, well, I I was sceptical about the lockdowns. Um, I was kept on board by lies. 
which said that they'd done a full impact assessment of the wider impact on society. I think if you look back to a year ago, and if you go into Hansard and look at my contribution to the Plan B debate, which um, I was very clear that there was no need for any further lockdowns or restrictions, that all the data coming out of South Africa about the Omicron, the attenuation of the virus, to, which was already not very lethal to even milder, which is the normal evolution of a virus over time, to be more transmissible and less pathogenic, um, and that I couldn't support any further. I voted four times against the government uh, last December. I voted against the masks, I voted against the mandate, I voted against any lockdowns, I voted against everything. Uh, okay. And I finished my speech off by saying that the only real pandemic we're suffering in this country is a pandemic of fear, and we've got to stop it straight away. Right. But I don't, I'm not interested in the bits where, where you got it right or you know, where, where you were with the good guys. I want to know the bits that you, you now feel... Well, totally... we, shouldn't have had, we shouldn't have had any lockdowns. We shouldn't have had any lockdowns. Mm. They, were, they were unnecessary. We now know, I mean, evidence has come to me now, uh, we now know that, that COVID-19 was in Europe and this country probably from August 19. Uh, I've seen some, some compelling evidence from medical biopsy samples that were taken in August 19 in Italy um, and I've seen the geographic location 15% of those are infected now when they test them for COVID-19 so it was rampant around Europe um, in late summer 19 um, before we had the lockdowns uh, it's clear that the hospitals weren't overloaded and there weren't people dying in the streets so and undoubtedly the powers that be must have known that so yeah. what's, what, what the hell's going on and why did we have to have lockdowns, which, of cost economically damaged us emotionally and psychologically and damaged our, our population, made us far less efficient, uh, damaged our children uh, immensely, immensely. Uh, yeah. You know, we should never have stopped the schools being out. We should never have any lockdowns. The furlough scheme was, was unnecessary. And this has led us to where we are now. And... They won't let go. They want. They want us yep. to have more and more of these vaccines. I'm double vaccinated. I, I, I had my history of COVID. Is I actually had COVID of the full Wuhan, full strength in March. Twenty, it went round here like a dose of something nasty, um, and uh, it was the worst thing I've ever had. I've, I've never had a day off ill with an illness in my life. I've I've had bits of colds where I've may have gone home early from work. And then by the next morning, I, I feel better and I go back to work. I've never had a, a, a whole day off. I've had a day off when I've broken my leg playing rugby and things like that. But I've never, I've never had a day off. This, this knocked me for six. I had about six days. And, it, and, and I was never used to feeling worse the day after. I'm used to feeling better. So it worried me. Um, and I would say it took about six days for it to lift. And I didn't feel brilliant for about a month. Uh, I had two AstraZeneca vaccinations, which I regret. And then I had Omicron. Then I had Omicron. I had Omicron um, in early December um, twenty-one, and Omicron compared to the full strength wasn't one and a half out of ten. It was a bit of a headache, a bit of a snotty nose, a few aches and pains. It was nothing. Um, okay, rewind a second because I reckon that that we would have had a chat um in about march 2020 because we, we we were still on speakers there we'd have compared notes because i had 
whatever it is, the nasty bug that was going around at about that time. It was actually when I got it was was about a week after the Brexit celebrations thing in London. Do you remember that? that oh, yes. That, were you were you there? I, that? I, I was there. I, I was there uh, with Julia Hartley Brewer. And, yeah. And we went with Nigel Farage to yes. to the Cavalry and Guards Club afterwards. OK, so I didn't go to that, but I went to the one before there was there was one at that really expensive club um, that the membership's like 20,000 a year or, you know, the uh, Hartford. Oh, they, they wouldn't let me in. OK, I, so I went to that and I went to another thing somewhere else. And all, yeah, all the, the deplorables like you were there and, and about. So we'd have had a chat about this, probably about your illness. So but I knew then. Um, and, I'm, I, and I haven't got a science degree like you. I knew then. I'd spoken to people that told me, don't take the vaccine. So I didn't. I had no intention of doing so. I knew quite early on that this was that they were lying to us on every level. I didn't know the scope of the lies and the scale of the lies. But I knew and I would have told you this because over the over the, the period when the government was sort of forcing us to, to lock down, even though it had never been used before for, for any any pandemic, um, I would have been I would have seen you. As my great white hope, I mean, I'd, I'd given up on most MPs, but I was thinking Andrew Bridgen is going to, I don't know, fall on his sword, do some stuff. But instead you didn't. I mean, OK, so so you were on the right side of some votes. Yeah, or quite a few votes. But there must be some votes that you really, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was cajoled. What your worst the, worst, the worst one was, was actually voting for the mandate on the social care workers, which I was which I'd said to my whip, like, I just can't vote for this. You know, I just can't vote for this. And in the end, I did. And I, I really regret that. I'm really, really sorry. That was, that's a criminal What were you vote. thinking? <laughs> well, I didn't know as much as I know now. I know a lot more now. I mean, clearly, I mean, at, at that time, we were still being told that after you've had the jabs, you're going to be 100% uh, not going to catch COVID and you can't transmit it. Well, I mean, that, what we now know is that was lies from the start. That was another right. one of lies. Um, I guess... I guess I didn't want to believe that we we're all being lied to. It's, it, is, right. it is quite, I mean, you know, you, it does change your perspective on the world and look at the position I'm in, uh, where now I have to come to the conclusion that we, we have been lied to. We've been lied to by scientists. We've been lied to by politicians and we've been lied to by advisors. Yeah. Good. Who, 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 who clearly knew all the science because, they were bothered because they were actually having parties, as it turned out. Yeah, I think it's important to dwell on this point a while because the lots of pe people who sort of follow me and, and, you know, I've said to them, I think Andrew is, is sincere. I like him. I, I, I kind of trust him. And, and they say, well, for me, it's pretty much a deal breaker that he voted for that social care to, to mandate it for social care workers. I mean, apart from even if you did believe it. Um, that the vaccine was safe and effective, which we, okay, subsequently uh, we learned bodily it. autonomy. The, bodily autonomy. What was so so? Well, it's the Nuremberg, and then we, we you know why was it the Nuremberg rules? And that's because of what the Nazis did. Yeah. So was it? Did you have a? Were you were you kind of coerced into it? Were you bullied by the whips, or or, or were you trying to? What, I mean, what was going on in your head that day? I don't know, but I couldn't have been thinking straight. Um, I well, I was. We were still. We were pretty much. We were locked down again, weren't we? Because I seem to remember it was from home. Um, well, it's, 
It's not so easy. I mean, when you're not with colleagues and you can't chat about things, it's much, you know, we were, we were all locked down in all our constituencies, weren't we? We weren't coming into Parliament. I mean, it's been a very strange Parliament because you know, two years in and then you've got all these new people. I mean, I, I don't know all their names. Well, normally you would know all their names because you'd have seen them in the yeah. chamber. I mean, and then you're three years into a Parliament and you've got all these new intake, which you don't know their names because you've, you've never been in debates with them and never seen them in the tea room. Perverse. Yes, and I suppose, I, and it's much yeah. harder. It's much harder for those of us who wish to plot to uh, to do so when we're all separated, divide and conquer. I think you make a good point there, and you you if are. Prote- I, if it is any protection for the conservative, more libertarian wing, I mean, we were the only ones voting against anything. I mean, there was no opposition, and, and all the worst things that the government wanted. And looking back, they were the worst things. The opposition parties wanted more of them. I mean, they're demanding more of them. It's it's unbelievable. There was no opposition. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, so you what are. Was the an po- op- yeah, what was the point of, of of voting against the government when there was no prospect of ever turning it over? I suppose. But I did, not I, but I did vote against. I did, I did vote against the government, but it was it was you know only a, a token, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But did you not? OK, so I agree. It was it was very much part of the of the government's tactic to keep troublesome backbench MPs locked in their homes or in their constituencies while this kind of mini cabinet just railroaded through all this legislation. Well, I, 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 I think I compared it to um, government by diktat. I mean, even even the covid measures were being brought in on a Sunday and we weren't voting on them until a Wednesday. I mean, how does that work? They're already in. We must do this immediately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'd lost we'd lost parliamentary democracy um, I, over I, I, over a cold. Did you not get? Did you not? Were you not on the blower to to various other kind of um, deplorables? What what would you call yourself? I mean, you used to be called the Spartans, didn't you, in the days when we believed that. Yes. Brexit. Well, okay. we were going to deliver Brexit. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but we had the ERG group. I mean, we didn't have a WhatsApp group for any dissent on this. We have we've got one now, which is was called the COVID Recovery Group, which that sort of came into being when we all got back to Parliament, and we, you know, that led to the the big rebellion over Plan B, where I think 101 colleagues voted against the government and that scared them but we still had a bit of a lockdown didn't we even that christmas we had a, and we also then wasted a whole was it till the end of april still giving away those bloody pcr tests which was another waste of money more than a waste i mean it was absolute crime wasn't it it was, it was clearly certain people friends of friends of cabinet ministers i mean look at matt hancock who was the health secretary at the time the landlord of his pub uh, it, it, I, I, it would take a bit of, I mean, you know, it's interesting that, you know, that that's an issue which has never been brought to standards. No, it's extraordinary. Well, a bigger deal, you might say, than having a freebie to three days in Accra and going Probably off. Already declared the... on my roster of interests. Yeah, but OK. So, but, but let's let's not let's not try and look like we're trying to let you off the hook. Cause, I mean, it's, it's a given, I think, for anyone who, who can observe these things that you are being made up an example of they don't like what you're saying but i'm just curious to to, like, to discourage any others 
yeah, of course, pour encourager les autres. So, so, but there are what, 650 MPs in, in Parliament? And Not the Sinn Féin ones, obviously. Okay. But back in the day, back in the day, in, in, in the days when I, I used to believe in the system, I used to think there are these kind of feisty MPs like, like Andrew Bridgen, but also that there are a few more. I'm, I'm quite shocked that I think apart from Christ, Christopher Chope has spoken out. Yeah. That's about it. Well, I mean, well Sir Desmond Swain's had a few goes. Sir Desmond Swain, yeah, sorry. That's uh, yeah. Danny Kruger's showing potential. He spoke, he's, yeah, and the Devizes MP from 2019. Uh, I, used, I used to think he was a complete cuck, but I suppose, is it because he's also a born-again Christian that he kind of gets the, the, the devil element in this? Is that, is that the deal? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mock the Christians if I were you. I mean, I think, hey, listen, I'm not. I think we need all our friends and uh, together, quite honestly. Um, I think... I think um, Christian values are certainly at question in, in what the government's policies have been and the harms that have been done. When you look at the evidence, um, it's indefensible. It's indefensible. I, I can't go along with it any longer, quite honestly. So I got to the point where the evidence is so overwhelming and the radio silence from the mainstream media is so deafening that uh, I, I put in for that adjournment debate. I've been putting in for a couple of weeks trying to get it and I wanted it before Christmas because... Now was the time to strike, and uh, then it happened. And so we, the rest is history. We've had no no pickup from the mainstream media, but massive coverage on on social media. I've had thousands, literally thousands. I've never had so many emails from around the world and the UK on any topic. I mean, we're talking about five hundred emails on this a day coming in. What sort of things are they saying? They're saying that they support me and thank you for speaking out. And a lot of them are telling telling me about how they've they've suffered harms themselves or they've got relatives who've died and some a lot of a number of them are doctors, nurses, scientists, some people in the supply chain to Pfizer that said it was immoral what was going on and they left their job because they, they weren't going to be involved in this. Oh really? Yeah. Um, lots of people who wanted to make contact with groups who are campaigning on this, which I've made contact with, and I've just done a just done a podcast earlier today with uh, NHS 100, who are uh, you know they've been campaigning for uh, you know not to be forced to be mandated to take the, the jab, and they're sceptical about the whole treatment thing. So um, I, I, you know, there's lots of that, and uh, yeah, I mean. It, oh. How big it's a deal has taken over my life in the last week? I was going to ask you how 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 big a, a, a deal is it for you speaking out in this way? I mean, are, are you basically hanging yourself out to dry? Is this the is this the death of your political career? What political career? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I was being polite. Uh, well, it's, the, the the big thing was was when what pushed me was the MHRA after after the adjournment debate that I spoke in. When, when I got notification that the MHRA had approved the vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine for use on babies down to six months, then I asked a PMQ a couple of weeks ago. I, I didn't have one on the order paper. I told Rishi I was going to bob. And I told him what the question was because I wanted a good answer. And uh, I said, you know, you, I called on him to overturn the, uh, the approval by the MHRA that these are not it's suitable for babies or necessary for babies. 
and uh, I got the stock answer back that he believes that they're safe and effective. Well, that then made me a little bit angry, and I'm, I'm, I'm really determined that we're not going to approve them for babies, especially given the, the data from America about the risks. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't come into Parliament to, to see this done to children. I think I've already told you I've spoken. My response to the Queen's speech was, we owe our children because they're the most damaged out of all the bad things we've done during COVID, the lockdowns, everything, have, have damaged our young people more than anybody else. Um, you know, when I've got a four-year-old, you know, he's spent half of his life in, in lockdown. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm 58. Two years is bad enough. But when you're four, it's half your life. And somebody who's two, it's all their life. You know, it's, 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 it's terrible what we've done. And we've, we've really damaged them and their education and their social conditioning and everything. Um, and when they, now we're going to vaccinate these babies. Um, so then I was determined to get this adjournment debate and I got it and the speech was what it was. I, I referenced it, well, I think it was 32 scientific references I gave out as a, 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 a briefing after I sat down. My staff sent that out. I'd, I'd done it all with... Uh, I seen Mal Hotra and various scientists, so I knew that the media would want to attack me. So I, I sent them all the references for all the facts I'd given out, so they couldn't. And then, and I knew then that if, if they couldn't attack me and, and do that, then they'd have to ignore me, and that's what they did. But then we got it out on social media, and okay, it's shadow banned, and it's banned off this and banned off that, but still, millions and millions and millions of people around the world have seen it. How much grief have you had from from the, the whips and people like that over this? Actually, any... I haven't had a, a bit, but I've had a bit from some colleagues across the house because what's actually happened is that a lot of people have watched that, millions of people have watched it who are somebody's constituents, and they've emailed me and then said, I'm emailing my MP, asking them why they weren't at that important debate and what they think about it, and they should support you. Well, clearly that's then creating quite a bit of casework for colleagues. Um so they're all, they're, they're all getting the, asked that question. That's, you know, across all, all constituencies. And um, some of them seem to think it's my fault for causing <laughs> the issue. Well, well, go on. Can you give me some examples? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but I mean... No but, no, but what sort of comments have you had? I mean, is it hate mail or hate emails? Or? No, they're, they're verbal comments in the tea room and, and various things. And, you know, um, and then some, some people have emailed me, you know, emailed me the comments that the MPs have given them back to me and said, you know, don't believe Andrew Bridgen, he's, he's, he's going to get suspended from the House and he's a liar and all this rubbish and any sort of deflection. Some of them have just sent the constituent, um, the minister who responded to my adjournment debate, Maria Caulfield's 10-minute response, which is that she's a nurse and she saw people dying of COVID. I don't doubt that. Um, or dying of Whitey. something. Dying of something. And, and the, the, the vaccines, she believes that the vaccines made all the difference. She quoted some figures, which I intervened on her and said, what you're doing is you're using you're, you're, what's called scientific modelling. That's the lowest form of evidence for any science at all. And in fact, that modelling is more science fiction than science fact. I don't think she liked that very much. And... Uh, and then, uh, and then she came out with the old trope, you know, they're uh, safe and effective. Safe and effective. They didn't counter any of the evidence I'd given. She didn't talk about um, Dr. Malhotra's evidence that he produced. Um, 
and that was it really so great um wife wanted me to ask you and i suppose it is, it is an important question um are we are we still under a, a sort of wartime footing in which um, she was she was asking in the context of you being censored by by the by the media by the mainstream media, which is that you know are they not reporting on it? Well, I mean I have my own own theories on why they're not reporting on it, but are they currently under some kind of gagging order from 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 the government preventing them from talking about vaccine harms because it, we're still supposedly on a wartime footing, or or is it just their lazy cowards? Who've been I don't know. You'd, you'd have to ask them. I mean, a number of senior people in those media who aren't talking about it have told me they know the truth but they're scared because they'll get sacked if they talk about it right it's deeply worrying i mean that's that's deeply worrying um i don't know i mean the bbc educate inform and entertain um i'm mean, obviously there's two sorts of bbc there's bbc in london and the other one I come into contact with is the local BBC for my constituency. And I have a relationship with three, which is just my seats bordering two counties. And we're in Leicestershire. I border Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. So Derby's only a few miles away from my northern border, as is Nottingham. And obviously Leicester, I'm, I'm in Leicestershire. So I, I, I do local media for BBC Derby, Leicester and Nottingham. And I was quite happy to go and talk about vaccine harms. And then I, you know, I got the interview lined up and then I got a text from BBC Derby, who was the first on the list. And they said that they, they couldn't do the interview because the, the London had said that this is a sensitive issue and it's all being handled from London or not handled from right. London. So basically, what, what should they just kibosh me doing any local media? They're not going to let me loose on BBC Derby or Nestler or Nottingham, you see. I get that. But is it? Are we, are we saying, is there any, any legislation still in place which prevents these media organs telling the truth? I don't, just... I don't, I don't think so, no. I think, we, I think we, got, we got rid of all those five hours before we ended up in the next crisis to scare the people, which is the war in Ukraine. Ah, yes. Well, well observed that. So, OK. So what was your what was your wake up moment? The moment when you you went from believing what the scientists and the the farmer executives said to realizing that everyone is lying and i think it, i think it was when the, when the revelation over the parties and you know the bring your own bottle party and also then the, the duplicity of that is because jeff you you worked out why it was a bring your own bottle party don't you no tell me well it's very straightforward isn't it i mean i've been on I mean, I've been entertained at number ten on numerous occasions over the twelve years I've been an MP, and you know it's got one of the one of the best stocked uh, drinks cabinets in the world. I imagine um, that's because they knew it was illegal, they knew it was wrong, and obviously if they've indented for fifty bottles of wine that have been used from the cellar, there's some paperwork. So if you bring your own bottles, the party never happened because they knew they couldn't they couldn't have stocks going out. There'll be paperwork. So, so that was the guilty mind that they knew what they were doing was completely okay. the rules of illegal. They were covering it up before they started. I mean, that's and that is, you know, that, that's pre-planned deceit of the of the public, and no one was supposed to know. But there were no, you know, they knew all the science in number ten. They'd have up all the up-to-date figures about everything, and you know, they're telling us one story on the media, and they're also then telling us. That, 
there was no social, di- no, there was for themselves, there were no social distancing, no masks, uh, party and let rip. And, and also, I'm, you know, I, I always try and be as, as pleasant as, as possible with the people I come into contact with. I think, you know, I get interviewed a lot. I know a lot of BBC cameramen and, you know, some of them have come to me and said, you know, during the lockdown, during the lockdown, you know, the, the, the mandates the BBC were given to go into number 10, you know, you, you've got to have all these tests for COVID. Um, only one person allowed in, so that the, the cameraman was having to do the sound as well for all those staged presentations of Project Fear to the, the public and Witty and whoever was on that day. And uh, he said, if I'd, I'd done all that and I'm there filming and, and recording, he said, if I'd swung the camera around behind the camera, there were dozens and dozens of advisors not wearing masks, not socially distancing and just lounging around. Okay. So then clearly it was a play. Fine. So look, Obviously, I wasn't the person who, who kind of raised your awareness, even though I was telling you this stuff. I mean, you, you sent me a, Are you allowed to say you, you sent me an email, didn't you? What did it say? I didn't. I sent you a text. A text. Yeah. What did it say? And I said, sorry, James, everything you said is true. Yeah. You told me it was true. So did you did you think I was a nutcase? Did you think just James has just got the wrong end of the stick or, or, or what? I, I hoped you had, and, and I really, you know, I wish I, I wish I, I wish what I know now was wrong, but unfortunately, I mean, as a conservative, I think we have to live in the world as it is, not like not how we'd like it to be, and I think we've been living in the world how we'd like it to be, but this is how it is, and now knowing what it is, I think we have to stand up to it and fight it. If we don't, I don't know where we're going to end up. Is there any other MP? who who knows what's going on i think there is i think some of them are scared some of them are still in denial um and obviously some are on board aren't they because we all think in the outside world that all of you mps basically got the saline that that, that you, you're all in on it yeah. I'm, I'm vaccine harming myself did you get damaged by it yes Oh, you poor sod. I, 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 I have no schadenfreude at all, even though, you know, some of us knew. But I, I think everyone who took it was basically duped. What, what, what have you had? What, 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 what I've effects? never had any health problems in my life. I never take tablets or anything. And this summer, I never had an, an allergy. I, I had a month of solid uh, hay fever where I couldn't, couldn't breathe properly. And then as soon as that went in August, my... My body just came out in hives all over, so like nettle rash all over my body, um, everywhere. Very, very itchy and raised about the size of a penny. Uh, and I looked on the internet and it said, you know, vaccine harm. Um, and so I started taking um, very strong antihistamines, which I've never had to take in my life. And I have to take two of those tablets every day, one at night and one in the morning, else it starts, I can feel it coming back. The first sign will be that my, my lips will, in the morning, it'll feel like, like I've been sucking on a nettle all night, my lips will be like this, um, and all swollen, and, and it, my body starts feeling itchy. So I have to take two of these tablets every day, just to be moderately normal. That is, that is a, an autoimmune response, my immune system's damaged. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and, interesting, so, and interestingly, James, uh, when I when I confided this in my circle of friends who are about my own age, male, two of them said, "That's amazing because we've had exactly the same thing happen to us." Right. Well, that's got. That's this. probably out of about six or seven people. Two of them, so got exactly that. I reported it to my doctor, and I told her this is because of the vaccine. It's not a coincidence. I believe this is a yellow card incident. Um, whether she's reported or not, I don't know. I, I think chances of that are vanishingly small. The, am I right in thinking that that MPs were not required at any stage to get the jab? You, you've got some kind of weird exemption thing. Which, no, you, you can even travel with that one, can't you? No. Not to my knowledge. I certainly oh. don't. Right. So do you think most MPs actually... I, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm travelling tomorrow to America and they want... To, everywhere I've been, they've always wanted to see my vaccine status. Right. Right. So you, you think actually most MPs have actually, in, in good faith, gone and got, got jabbed? I only, know, I only know one who's confided in me in the last three months that him and none of his family have had the jab. Right. So he had inside information or, or listened to lunatics like me, maybe. May have done. And, 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 and does, is this reflected in his voting record or her voting record? Yeah, yeah, probably. He's a backbencher. I'm not, I'm not going to get involved. In no, 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 no I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to reveal names, heaven forbid. But, 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 um, so, I, mean, Ch- I mean, Chris Chope, he, he will tell you he's had his two, whatever they were, Pfizer or AstraZeneca, and, and he'll openly say, I'm not having any of these damn boosters. No. Well, I mean, you know, you caught me once, twice. It's it's interesting. I think I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised, or or something. I, I think the, the 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 core assumption was that MPs are a bunch of lying, useless, sponging. You know, they're all in on it. They they all knew that, but I, I, it doesn't sound like that was the case. And it does. I, I mean. At cabinet level, they must have they must have known the truth. Well, somebody knows, don't they? I mean, when you look, and we we, we were we were we were told that during the lockdown, you know, that the the multi multi billionaires, the richest people in the world, managed to increase the, the value of their wealth by fifty percent when all business was sub, most business was subdued and affected. Well. The only way that can be is if they already knew what was going to happen and was going to happen, and they'd already invested in all the right areas. That means that's insider trading because they already knew. That's the only assumption I can come to, unless they're very lucky. Isn't that isn't that the case? Well, do, do you want to sketch out to me roughly what you think is going on, what what all this is about? Okay, well, gain of function research funded probably by Mr. Fauci, allegedly, being done at Wuhan. Now, I think that the virus got out in July of 19. Whether it was released deliberately or by accident, I don't know. It Then people thought we're going to have a problem. People must have known all over Europe that it, it was out and about, it obviously wasn't killing that many people. It was an overloading hospitals. Every death's a tragedy, but it wasn't being seen like that. And then suddenly it's an opportunity for something else. 
Um, I mean, there, there are reports that Pfizer and other companies were developing the vaccine before COVID-19 was announced. It was actually a thing. So in that, that, that creates an interesting conundrum, doesn't it? The needs answering. Um, yes. Um, but out of interest, have you made connections with, for example, um, the central bank digital currencies, with the Great Reset, things like that. Because, I mean, in my view, they all connect. I was just wondering how far down that... That rabbit hole I want to go. I'm I'm very conscious it could well go that far. I see whatever is going on, that the the thread to pick on is clearly, provably, the vaccine harms and stopping the rollout of the vaccines. And whatever unravels from there, I'm quite happy to keep unravelling. But I think... We need to take the public with us, and this is the one I can prove. That's what I'm going to say on the media, uh, but it doesn't mean I'm not. I have concerns about many other issues, but I want to stick to what we can win on, and I don't want to be discredited as a, as a conspiracy theorist. But clearly, you know, we've been told things that aren't true, and there's probably a lot of things we aren't true. I mean, I'm, I'm reminded now of the, uh, when I looked up, I the, the guy that set up the CIA and he's, he's opening statement was when we've persuaded the American when when everything the American people believe is untrue then we will have succeeded oh I think we might be there or very close you've been, you've been doing some good background reading I've been I, doing I, some good background reading well lockdown was a time for doing some background reading wasn't it I can give you a reading list Andrew I can I can point you to I can point you to some really interesting so places. I'm paranoid enough already I don't need any more to be honest well I was going to ask you about that talking talking about about Paranoia. Um, where are you with 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 God? Are you, have you have you made your peace? Yeah, yeah, and uh, He will use me as the tool He wishes to use me for. I'm confident, um, but I'm not going to back down on this. I, I, I'm. I don't think that those who wish to discredit me, they're not going to stop. I don't think they ever forgive or forget. So it doesn't really make any difference. What will happen will happen. Yeah. Well, can, can I, 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 I salute you. I mean, I, I, I think it's, look, I, people sort of think I'm brave for, for doing what I do. But I think you're in a slightly different position from, 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 from me. That, that I think my own view, for what it's worth on, on you, I, I think people who are saying that you're just another shill, that, you, that you're part of the controlled reveal and, 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 and that you're... <laughs> Your conversion is insincere because look at look at how you voted for the care home workers to get you know that I don't trust him. I don't think that. Um, I I know you. No. I know what you. And I think it's probably been quite hard for doing. Don't, don't you like a sinner who's seen the light and repented? Well, exactly. I do. I well, totally do. Well, well, I mean, there's a lot of us have taken the vaccine. I mean, uh, one thing I do find. I mean, I I gave a. A couple of Saturdays ago, I attended the uh, Colville Christian Men's Breakfast, and I decided I—I I already decided I was going to give this speech, the one I gave last Tuesday. I didn't know when I was going to give it, but I thought I'd just try a few of the lines out and give a little presentation. And yeah, you know, I'm telling them, listen, guys, really, you know, I, I want to tell you, don't take any more vaccines and don't take any boosters and don't let any of your family do it, and certainly don't do it to children or your grandchildren and this is why 
And it only took about five minutes to convince the room because they, they, they joined the dots up. I was helping them join the dots up and they got it. Yeah, I've got very intellectual friends who won't let me talk about it. They don't want to know. And, you know, Mark Twain's completely right that for some people it's, it's easier to trick them than, than persuade them that they've been tricked. And, and very clever people it's impossible to because they won't accept it. It's quite a journey for them. And it's going to shake their their belief in the world. And, and people don't want that. I mean, this is the willful blindness again, isn't it? They, they want to protect themselves. They feel safe. Safe yeah. thinking that uh, that all this isn't really happening. I wish it wasn't happening. I really wish none of it was true. I wish I was completely wrong. But all the evidence I'm seeing is not that. So uh, as a conservative, I... I can't live in the world I want to live in. I have to live in the world as it is. Yeah. And right. deal with it. And we're going to have well, to deal with it, and it's going to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Just a and, bit. And, and, and you'll remember that the, uh, uh, that the tree of democracy has to be watered with the blood of martyrs on a regular basis. <laughs> right. I was just, re- I was just reading, listening to a podcast today about the prophet Isaiah. Do you know what happened to him? No. He got sawed in half with a saw with, made of wood. No. Well, the two I think were made of wood. I think there, there was, the, he, was, he was got by a particularly nasty um, king with, a, with, a, with a, an overactive imagination. Well, I, don't, I don't know if they did that. Don't tell the whips on this. I don't have any more ideas. I, Nice one, nice one, Andrew. I I really appreciate you for um for for cramming in this time to do the podcast. I, I know you're fly, flying off to um America, um and tomorrow, not not till tomorrow uh, lunchtime. Uh, watch back now. What you said about the CIA, they they're on to you, mate. Um, and uh, we'll see if they let me in. Um, they they want to see my social. They want my social media history. I mean, uh, that'll be interesting now, won't it? Is it is it a hol- is it work or holiday? Um, it's both. Okay. We're meeting some interesting people. I hope some light-minded people. Be bloody careful with your if you're going to claim anything on expenses. Make sure you report them. To any, I'm not claiming anything on expenses. <laughs> okay. All right, Andrew. Um, happy Christmas and um. And, and uh, you know, good luck with all you're doing, and thank you very much. And um, uh, it only remains to me to, uh, to thank all my viewers and listeners. Um, please remember, it's increasingly difficult for people like me to make a living, and they're trying to shut me down, just like they're trying to shut Andrew down. Um, so please support me where you can, Patreon, um, Subscribestar, Locals, and um, Substack, and Buy Me Coffee, all these, all these different ways. Uh, Happy Christmas to you all and thank you for listening. Bye, Andrew. Bye-bye.